There's been a Sasquatch sighting in Des Moines. Welcome to episode number 18 of the Red's Room podcast. I'm your host, Red. And I'm your co-host, Jake. And today we are talking about the Mothman. As always, our references are in the episode description, so feel free to cross-check those if you want any more details. Yeah, this episode caps off the spooktober. Yep. Save the best one for last, in my opinion. Yes, this is the climax of our Halloween episodes. Yeah, the culmination is here. The pinnacle. (laughs) All right, so... I'm going to give you guys a little bit of story here. Read this a little bit of this article about the Mothman. Let's do it. All right. On November 15th, 1966, two young couples from Point Pleasant, Roger and Linda Scarberry, and Steve and Mary Millette, told police they had seen a large black creature whose eyes glowed red, standing at the side of the road near the TNT area the site of a former World War II munitions plant. Linda Scarberry described it as a slender, muscular man, about seven feet tall with white wings, and said that she was unable to discern its face due to the hypnotic effect of its eyes. Distressed, the witnesses drove away at high speed and said that the creature flew after their car, making a screeching sound. It pursued them as far as Point Pleasant city limits. Dang, so they were like a high-speed chase. Yeah, that's uh, that's some horror movie stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, I'm going to keep reading it. Uh, During the next few days, other people reported similar sightings after local newspapers reported it. Two volunteer firemen who saw it said it was a large bird with red eyes. Mason County Sheriff George Johnson commented that he believed the sightings were due to an unusually large heron he termed a shitepoke. What is yeah. that? The what fuck is up is with that, that shite? Uh, contractor Newell Partridge told Johnson that when he aimed a flashlight at the creature in a nearby field, its eyes glowed like bicycle reflectors. Hmm. Additionally, he blamed buzzing noises from his television set and the disappearance of his German shepherd dog on the creature. Wildlife biologist Robert L. Smith at West Virginia University told reporters that descriptions and sightings all fit the Sandhill Crane, a large American crane almost as tall as a man with a seven-foot wingspan, featuring circles of reddish coloring around the eyes. The bird may have wandered out of its migration route and therefore was unrecognized at first because it was not native to this region. Okay, so that's like the more normal explanation, I would say. Yeah, that's their best... uh, Their best guess. Yeah. Um, Batman and his antagonist, Killer Moth, are varyingly cited as influences for the term Mothman. Due to the popularity of the Batman TV series at the time, the fictional superhero Batman and his rogues uh, were prominently featured in the public eye. While the villain Killer Moth did not appear in the show, the comic book influence of both him and Batman is believed by some to have influenced the coinage of the name Mothman in the local newspapers. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Um 
Following the December 15, 1967 collapse of the Silver Bridge and death of 46 people, the incident gave rise to the legend and connected the Mothman sightings to the bridge collapse. According to Gig, Gig, how do you say that? G- Gio, Georgian, Georgian, Georgian newspaper. <laughs> we do our not best even going to say this name. A uh, Russian ufologist claimed that Mothman sightings in Moscow foreshadowed the 1999 Russian apartment bombings. Really? So it seems like what they try to say is that when Mothman sightings start happening, Shit something happens. terrible. It's like a foreboding that something terrible is about to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty. So that's the overview of the Mothman story. But there is some other weird connected events. Oh, yeah. Um, that uh, we are going to get into another really interesting character. It's also kind of weird the way they describe the Mothman as being like slender, muscular man. Yeah. Kind of gives me like slender man vibes. Especially in the movie. That's how they portray him, is very slender, hypnotic looking. No, I guess that's I not the Mothman. That's uh, that's who we're about to talk oh, about. Oh, yeah, Injured Cold. Yeah, Injured yeah, yeah. Cold. Yes. So there's two characters here. There's Mothman and then there's Injured Cold, yes. which are two. They're all connected to this all, all mm-hmm. around the same time. My bad. Thank you for the <laughs> correction there. It, that's right. Two different people, but still kind of similar vibes, I would say. Yes. Um, so let's get into this guy. He's pretty, uh, he's pretty interesting. Um, in 1966, Woodrow Darren, Darrenberger was a sewing machine salesman living in Mineral Wells, West Virginia. One November night that year, Darrenberger said he was returning from a business trip to Marietta, Ohio, when he had to stop to adjust a sewing machine in the back of his truck. Once he got back on the road, he noticed lights ahead of him. Thinking the lights were police officers, he stopped, only to discover that the lights didn't belong to a car, but to what he said was an aircraft that looked like a kerosene lamp chimney. Derenberger said a man stepped out and approached his truck. So we got a UFO, guys. Yeah, this is a crazy setup. Looked like a kerosene lamp chimney. I'm assuming the lights must have been colored if he thought it was police officers, yeah, right? Yeah, you would, you would assume so. Um, okay, so this is what he says about him. He says, he looked perfectly natural and normal as any human being, Darren Berger told Ronald Maines during an interview on WTAP-TV in Parksburg, West Virginia, the day after the encounter. Um, quote, his face looked like he had a good tan, a deep suntan. He was not too dark, but it was just like he had been out in the sun a lot and had a good tan. His hair was combed straight back, and it was a dark brown, and he seemed to have a good thick head of hair. His eyebrows, his face, his features were very normal. I do not believe that he looked any different from any other man that you would meet on the street. Sounds like a distinguished gentleman. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I think also in the interview, he says that he was like about six foot tall, 180 pounds. Okay. And I think the interviewer asked Darren Berger, like stood up and was like, how tall do you think I am and how much do I weigh? And I think he just like totally nails it. <laughs> yeah, okay. So it, All right. he, he's described, he 
his description seems very uh, valid. Dude, you know? some people are good at that too. Have you ever done the, you know, like amusement parks? They got the guess your weight guys. Yeah, some of them are like pretty, pretty, pretty solid. And, yeah. yeah, um, yeah, no doubt. So the, he was he's one of those guys. He he's <laughs> yeah. got it down. Yeah. Um. So I, I think I trust his description pretty mm-hmm. well. Um. I'm gonna read a little more of this article now. Uh. But he wasn't normal. Darren Berger said. He had a large grin and kept his arms folded with his hands up under his armpits. And though he spoke to Derenberger, his smile never moved. He spoke, Derenberger said, oh, telepathically. Yeah, that's the that's some fuck shit right there. Yes, and he's a large grin the whole time. <laughs> yeah. That's uh creepy. Dude, like I said, he's a fucking distinguished gentleman, man. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, let me read this uh, quote. He asked me to roll down the window on my right-hand side of my truck, and I'd done what he asked, Darren Berger said during the interview. And this man stood there, and he first asked me what I was called. And I know he meant my name, and I told him my name, and he asked me. He said, why are you frightened, he said. Don't be frightened. We wish you no harm. We mean you no harm. We wish you only happiness. And I told him my name. And when I told him my name, he said he was called cold dude this is totally like the we come in peace aliens you know but in i don't know in a creepy weird way <laughs> it is a creepy weird way that's yeah. true yeah this was darren burgers and the world's introduction to the entity known as indrid cold i think later on he gets the full name indrid oh, okay. cold that's so he a, just gives him cold off the bat yeah that's a dope name yeah he did the bomb thing bomb <laughs> yeah. James, cold indrid cold yeah 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 uh <laughs> dude totally though he did do the bond how do you how are you not scared dude comes out of a ufo dude. just grinning talking to you telepathically and says my name's cold i would Injured be fucking cold. shit in my pants don't dude. be scared i mean you happiness no i don't <laughs> yeah. know maybe it didn't sound like that uh dude kind of a batman villain vibe again too yeah kind of kind of psychopathic mm-hmm. seeming i don't know man it's you know creepy but Hey, maybe he's just an alien and he's just trying to seem try- normal. Yeah. And it's coming off creepy because it's not the way he really is. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to read on a little more of this article now. Okay. Naturally, Derenberger reported his encounter to the Parksburg police. By the next day, the media frenzy surrounding the story took off. Derenberger agreed to be interviewed on live television on WTAP. That's what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, taking part... In the interview were members of the state police, representatives of the Wood County Airport, the Parksburg Police, and a representative from the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio. For 30 minutes, the men peppered Derenberger with questions about the strange encounter. I might add, I think that Wright-Patterson Air Force Base has been connected to a lot of UFO things over the years. Really? Yeah, um, we'll we'll probably find it when we do more UFO stuff. I'm pretty sure that th- that Air Force Base comes up a lot. I have seen in like certain stories like that, like certain areas, like there's just there's something about them where they have encounters. Like yeah, they have a concentration. Times. It's usually by some some sort of military military place. Yeah, yeah it, it just seems to be a narrative that comes it makes up. You think they keep them in? And I was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Get, well, I'm going to go a little more in this article now. Let's do it. Uh, after the interview aired, however, others came forward with claims that they had also seen a figure matching Derenberger's description of Ingrid Cold. 
One man reported that a man matching injured Cold's description tried to flag him down, but he was too afraid to stop. Other people claimed to see lights and fluttering vehicles on the road Derenberger said he talked to Cold on. And several witnesses reported they had seen Derenberger stopped on the road talking to a man on the same road. So other people actually witnessed him yeah. talking to Cold? That's crazy. On the same road, too, which is interesting. Seems like there's a lot of uh, a lot of correlation on these stories. Mm-hmm. So, um, news- Yeah, which kind of yeah. validates it a yeah, little, I, I feel like. It seems like a lot of people are all, they all have the same story, mm-hmm. so... Um, yeah. See, news coverage eventually died down, but Cold's visitations continued. Derenberger reported he was visited often by the strange grinning man over the course of the next month. Eventually, Derenberger's family said they too had seen Cold and other strange things. Naturally, the media attention given to the story brought locals to Derenberger's house, hoping to get a glimpse of Cold. The attention, as well as the scorn and ridicule he was suffering from, led him to seek medical attention. His physician gave him a clean bill of health and found no evidence of chemical imbalance or disruption. It almost seems like this is kind of <laughs> ruining his, his life in a way. Like he, yeah. seems like he's getting a lot more attention than he wants. Yeah, it seems like him coming out and telling the story didn't help him at all. He went to his physician, and I guess this kind of proves that he's not crazy. Yeah. But um, his life is not going good. Yeah, people are showing up at his house. That's kind of fucked up, man. Leave the man alone. I get people are curious, but... It's expected. Yeah, you know? I guess... It just sucks for him. Uh, let's see. So, although he wrote a book about his visits, nothing good came from Derenberger's recounting of his encounter. In fact, it didn't just negatively affect him, but it affected his family and friends as well. The family received years of harassing phone calls and blamed lost jobs and friends on Derenberger's tales of injured cold. Derenberger suffered from painful headaches and depression, and eventually his wife divorced him. He then moved away from the area to escape his notoriety. Yeah, it literally did kind of fuck his life over, man. Totally. Um, after years of living somewhere else, he eventually moved back into the Mineral Wells area before his death in 1990 at the age of 74. That is 23 years after the injured cold supposedly pulled him over on the highway. <laughs> While he never recanted his statement, he never spoke of them again. Yeah, he was like, fuck that shit. I don't blame him. Yeah, I He even wrote a book, so if you wanted to know what he knew, he, wrote, he put it out there. At least he did that, so... Oh. Hopefully you can still buy that. That would be a cool addition to the collection. Yeah, I'm going to have to look that one up. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, Since then, Derenberger's account has lingered, propelling Indrid Cold into the realm of the rural myths and legend as well as into tales of the creepy and unknown. After Derenberger spoke to John Keel, the author of The Mothman Prophecies, the legend of Indrid Cold was linked to The Mothman, even so far as appearing in the 2002 Mothman Prophecies movie. Which we did watch yeah. ahead of this, and Indrid Cold shows up, but uh, I f- they really changed a lot of things. Yeah, um, I think, it's an okay movie mm-hmm. if you're interested in it. I feel like they kept it like decent, like passably faithful, but not like it's definitely not one to one. There is they never showed the UFO. I think which it, I think would yeah, have been cool. They should have kept that addition, but 
I don't really recommend watching the movie. It is cool. Like, it's not a bad watch. Like, if you want to watch it, definitely. But if you just look up the clip, like a clip or two of when he sees Injured Cold, it is a cool clip. It, Agreed. Like, the way they uh, they show him in the movie. It, they never showed the UFO, though. Yeah. And they they made mo- they made most of his encounters through the telephone, which some of it was cool, but it was just like there was so many cool real things in yeah. the story. I felt like they just tried to make this whole narrative around a reporter instead of sticking to Indrid Cold and they kind of like Man. yeah they kind of did it like kind of all in one. Yeah, they Hollywooded mm-hmm. it. You they know? Hollywooded it. The bridge scene. They show the bridge. The bridge is crazy though that the bridge did fucking collapse and exactly. Um. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Uh, we got the Math Man showing up, the bridge collapsing, Indrid Cold showing up. I think they also like nickname him the grinning man and also yeah. they kind of paint him as like a elite slender man character mm-hmm. so we got some cool you know lore out of this story and i mean I'm, i kind of wish there was more documentation of other people's um you know uh encounters with injured uh-huh, too, yeah you know the 60s era there was more of it that would have been dope I'm sure there's some out there. I'm definitely going to have to get Darren Berger's book and read into that a little more mm-hmm. and check it out. But, uh, yeah, we got a UFO. We got the Mothman. Um, now I'm going to go into a conspiracy unless uh, – or, Jake, did you want to talk about the Mothman a little more first before okay. we go on the conspiracies? Yeah, I got a more recent one I found. So we talked about the Point Pleasant area or whatever getting hit. We talked about wasn't there a Russia thing you talked about like supposedly he yeah. was yeah before an apartment uh, burned mm-hmm. burned down he was or bombed or something yeah he was seen yeah he, so it goes all the way I found a couple stories in Chicago of all places okay and pretty recent too so uh, I'll just go ahead and get this uh, this one started right here it's a normal uh, Friday night this is in 2017 uh, normal guy named John Amitriano. He works for security uh, for Chicago's popular Logan Square neighborhood. I guess it's like a, just a popping area. And he's doing security at a bar called The Owl. He goes outside for a break or a smoke or something, but suddenly sees something odd. In a Vice interview, he says, and I quote, I saw a plane flying, but also something moving really awkwardly underneath it. And another quote I have here, it didn't look like a bat, then continued with, I know what birds and what bats look like. This thing didn't have any feathers or fur and didn't fly like anything I've ever seen. Something I'll like to add to is there is slight variations of how people explain what he looks like. Mm-hmm. This guy says he doesn't see any fur on it, where another one I have, they did see feathers on it. So interesting. Uh, so keeping continuing on here, he claims that the creature had muscular legs, a jutting tailbone, and a human-like shape. John also added that uh, this is what kind of pisses me off. He left his phone charging in uh, uh, in the building, so he didn't get no photos. Any, yeah, of nothing. course. Of, uh, it's how it always goes. It's like goes. Bigfoot stories. Yeah. yeah, where's the footage? Um, what's even crazier is there is supposedly fifty five reporting reported sightings in Chicago in two thousand seventeen. All of these sightings. The similarities are a bat-like figure, 
glowing red eyes, which this guy doesn't say he saw, but in another one, I'm going to get into that. Uh, big, large creature, dark, owl-like beings, possibly a gargoyle or a mothman. Ooh, I like the gargoyle. Mm-hmm. Sounds cool. So I'll, I'll go ahead and get into another one here. Okay. This takes place at the O'Hare International Airport in Chicago. Uh, I got that, a little more. That comes up in other conspiracies, too. Does it really? Yeah, O'Hare, O'Hare does. Yeah. O'Hare. Nice. So I got a little better time frame. This happens around 11 p.m. Thursday, September 24th, 2020. Three okay. years ago, this uh-huh. supposedly happened. And the only thing that sucks about this one, I guess she learned from Darren Berger's mistakes. This lady is remaining anonymous, so I don't know her name. I Smart move. Wish I did, but I don't. I think I would do the same also. Probably a good move. So... This lady had been working for USPS for 17 years and worked at the O'Hare sorting facility for the last 15 of that 17. So she's your hardworking, normal lady, working a nine to five. She gets off work and is walking to her car. She sees something standing at the far end of the parking lot. She initially uh, suspects it's a tall man with a long coat, but as she walks closer to the car, she unlocks it and her headlights turn on. Her headlights reveal the quote-unquote person, which she claims was a creature with red eyes and wings. The creature then spreads out its wings and turns and looks at her. What I think is really cool about this one is that the red eyes, the wings, she talks about right here. She claims uh, she's five foot four, and she claims the creature was at least taller by her, uh, by two feet. So that's the seven foot tall. Yeah, it all is exactly mm-hmm. the same description. The creature made chirping and clicking noises, followed by a screech, which you talked about the screeching noises in the first uh, like car yeah. chase. Did where, she say the color of the wings? Uh, all I got was dark, and I'm okay. assuming too it was almost midnight. Because in the first reports, they said it had white wings. It had white wings. Different. I, I think that's the only report that said that though, mm-hmm. which is interesting detail. There's definitely, but in other ones, they're dark. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely a few different interpretations. You know, maybe there's a few different kinds of Mothman. Who do we know? Who knows? Yeah, could be a whole species. The creature starts running at her, which I would be shit in my pants, dude. Gets about ten feet away from her from uh, the original about twenty five feet, and mm-hmm. then takes off and flies away she reacts as most of us would uh she screams hysterically her pants yeah she screams (laughs) hysterically pees all over herself yeah panics a little bit but she does make a good move she gets the fuck in her car and speeds the fuck out yeah so what's so weird to me about these couple stories and there's many more but i didn't want to write down a ton of them because a lot of the stories are pretty similar they see him for a sec Something's weird, and then he's gone. But why is he in Chicago, man? I don't know. As far as what I read, there has been sightings anywhere from 2011 up until just recently is 2020. So I wonder if they linked those uh, sightings in Chicago to any, um, you know, like catastrophe that happened. I didn't read as much into that. I didn't get a lot of that, (coughs) but I would... I want to believe it. Yeah. <laughs> to keep the, you know, yeah. we have all these different areas and sources, and a lot of it kind of overlaps. It's pretty interesting. Um, who knows? I'm sure we will continue to have Mothman sightings forever. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let's, now that we got all of those stories out of there, 
I want to talk about a conspiracy about the Mothman. Let's do it. All right. Let's get into the weird part. Um, this is the conspiracy that he was created. Okay. okay. Um, <clears throat> after its first couple of sightings, <clears throat> excuse me, that is the Mothman, um, and the collapse of the Silver Bridge on December 15th, 1967, this led to military intervention by way of quarantining off certain sections of the nearby forest for pending investigations. And if you'll remember, um, the military became involved when, uh, or showed up for the interview of Derenberger about injured cold also, mm -hmm. the Air Force did. Now we have the military uh, shutting off uh, areas around uh, the town there and checking it out. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to read a little more now. Uh, now, these investigations led to primary theories about the Mothman. A, there must be some truth to the creature's existence if the military actually had to get involved. B, the centralized area that was quarantined off was an abandoned World War II munitions base known as the TNT area, which had been polluting the local flora and fauna for years. Mm -hmm leading many to believe that the Mothman is a mutated creature from that area. <sighs> Holy fuck, dude. Um, the most interesting fact about all of this is that while military officials uh, stated that nothing was found in any of the areas that they searched, within a year of the initial search, the TNT area was converted into a large-scale wildlife conservation that was, for the most part, inaccessible to the public until the early 1990s. The only hmm. reason that the residents of Point Pleasant know about the TNT zone and its purpose is because military officials told them about it. However, the TNT zone being an underground ammo depot doesn't make sense because if the only thing down there was ammo, the surrounding environment would not be anywhere near as polluted as ammo expires very slowly. Now, if the TNT zone were a hidden genetics research lab, that would make far more sense as genetic and chemical waste are known to cause pollution very quickly. Holy shit, man. And looking at some of the pictures, I know this is like kind of a stretch now, but if you look at some of the pictures of the area of how polluted it was, it doesn't seem like ammo would do that. Unless Dude. it was, uh, the, the only way I'd say ammo would do that is if they were storing chemical weapons. Yeah. So if it wasn't genetic stuff, it, it could have at the very least been chemical weapons stored there that were polluting and caused a mutated, you know, Dude, imagine creature. if there is just genetic and chemical waste, like you said, just in that fucked, like, radiated, disgusting swamp water. The Mothman yeah. just emerges from it and is just, like, dummy OP. It's insane. Uh, That's a cool theory. I, didn't, I like this conspiracy find. theory. Uh, here, I, there's one more paragraph about okay. this theory, and I, I linked the couple pages of this theory in the episode description. Mm -hmm. He's got a couple more pages, but uh, I kind of condensed it down. But here's one more, the last paragraph about it. Uh, this leads to the theory that the Mothman is some form of genetic super creature oh my God, that dude. was created during World War II but never disposed of. A creature that may have been a disturbing combination of the best traits of various animals, 
all merged into one horrifying apex predator. Oh my god, dude. Much to your surprise, this actually is not that wild of a theory, because genetic manipulation and animal splicing were common during World War II. Chimeras. Yes, ex- that's exactly mm-hmm. what I was going to say after this. Uh, uh, the Nazis, Soviets, and even the U.S. have records of these experiments, with most being completely unsuccessful, but some having very disturbing and monstrous Holy results. shit, dude. So, yeah, the theory is basically that he is either a chimera from World War II or he was just a swamp creature mutated by chemicals and possibly genetic stuff that was left there dude in this in the base that was it is a huge swamp now so uh uh, pretty out there but pretty i I thought it was a really cool theory for sure some people this is literally like the plot of resident evil 3 right here the main like big bad guy in that game is nemesis and he's like he's what put together by the government and he's like this disgusting OP, just abomination of a creature. And this is exactly what it sounds like. Really? Dude, it's so similar. So, uh, yeah, I think it's possible he's a chimera. The only weird thing is, if he was a chimera created there, why was he just abandoned? Were they holding on to them? Did he Did he escape? Was this an, an experiment by them to see what he would do? If this theory is correct, obviously. Yeah. But Maybe they just abandoned it, and he was like an egg at the time. Yeah, and then the the radiated, polluted wi- uh, water fucking hatched him. Like they thought that it was like dead, and mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and it just hatched. It took like twenty years, and finally, it. I don't know. Never heard this until now, but I'm subscribing to this theory. This is the one I, I believe. I I like the theory. Yeah. It's very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it weird though, like in this theory that he starts it with like. The military was quarantined off sections of the forest, so this means the Mothman might be true. But I feel like, yeah, okay, but it also might mean, okay, let's say they are looking for something weird. What is it the Mothman, or are they looking for Indrid Cold? Because they already said that they were interested mm. in him. Maybe they're looking for UFO activity. That could be just as plausible, or both. They could be looking for both. Um, but, yeah, I find it interesting that... Uh, you know, why wouldn't they be looking into injured cold? We know they've looked into UFOs for, for years, and if that guy had so many sightings of people seeing seeing yeah. him and his ship, you know, maybe they were checking into that. It's definitely possible, especially with the Germany shit. They were, during World War II, like, we've heard yeah. of the UFO shit with them. Like, I've said this before, like, it kind of connects in a weird Okay, I can go both ways on this. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it kind of connects, and then well, I'm also not, loosely. That's all, that's what I okay. should have said. Yeah, they definitely. We all know the Nazis were doing experiments, and I'm sure the Soviets and the U.S. were doing secret experiments too. Oh, one hundred percent. I think we know some of that, but we don't know really know the extent of it. Um, Probably never will. But I, 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 there's no doubt in my mind that they were trying to splice animals together. And they were possibly doing human experiments. We know the Nazis were. I don't know if the U.S. did, but it's very possible. That is possible. But I also, to be fair, 
Um, it seems like every great conspiracy, like when they need an explanation, they throw in the Nazis. Yeah, it's like it's, it's like an a, easy softball. It's like a blanket easy one to be like, well, you, the Nazis were doing this, <laughs> so obviously this is true, you know. So I gotta I gotta be fair here, and I gotta yeah. say that. But man, a, the Chimera theory. He doesn't say that in here, but to me, it's a chimera. The chimera theory is a pretty uh, strong one. I like it. The way he's explaining it, I I don't know how you can come to any other conclusion if you think like we do. Like, yeah, I don't know if just maybe that wasn't a term back when he wrote this. If that wasn't, maybe if that was, it might have not been as popular of a term. That I could I could definitely see. But yeah, he's totally saying that it was a chimera created by the government, either on purpose on accident or a combination of the two could have been a leftover experiment they thought was like mm-hmm. you know just a lost cause or something or they thought it was dead or something maybe and it just turned out it was hibernating i don't know i'm 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 just expanding on the theory mm-hmm. and obviously i'm just i'm fucking around when i say i want to subscribe to this theory yeah you know i think he goes on to say that because you know from world war ii to when that happened in the 60s there's obviously a gap of time he, I think he says possibly uh, um, it was living off of uh, – it was like the apex predator of the swamp it was in. Mm-hmm. And by the time the 60s come around, he had hunted most of his prey. Oh, yeah. And then he started expanding out, and that's why people started seeing him because he started getting out of the swamp area. So that's kind of his explanation for why it, it took till the mid-60s mm-hmm. to show up, which I that's a pretty good explanation. Because he would be the apex predator of the area, and he totally mm-hmm. could just live in that swamp for a while. Who knows? No, he was literally like Yo- like Yoda on Dagobah, just <laughs> munching everything around. But Yoda, on da- I like it. Yeah. But more, I don't know, more Cthulhu-looking, more gargoyle-like. Yeah. Also, <laughs> the whole Chimera thing, that just... it. Speaks a lot to me because there is like articles and stuff that are old. Like chimeras have been talked about off and on for a long time. Yes, but it's it's never it's like popped up in the mainstream, but a little bit. But people don't really pay attention. to I don't it. think anyone gives a shit really, except Alex Jones. Yeah, he dude, knows all about the chimeras. I he probably already knows this theory. <laughs> yeah, he knows he knows all about this shit. I'm sure he does. I guess I'd one, love to ask him one day. Yeah, you think the Mothman is a chimera? Is he? I guess one little yeah. detail I can throw in, which I thought was cool. In September 2003, a life-sized sculpture of the Mothman was built and installed in downtown Point Pleasant. And there's Pretty like cool. there's an annual Mothman festival every September there, which... We got to go one day. Uh, dude, that... They probably got some cool merch and stuff and yeah. some cool statues and... Which brings me to, drunk. guys, check out our merch. We need you to buy plenty of merch. <laughs> To fund us next year, <laughs> so we can go to the we moth, can go to the moth make man, a video. <laughs> and we will do a follow up with some inter- we'll do some real interviews there, dude. That would actually be cool if we could do that one day. That would be mm-hmm. super sweet. Goals, goals. <laughs> goals. So we appreciate you guys listening, <laughs> and uh, keep listening, supporting us, and uh, we uh, we love all you guys and help help get the word out, get us more uh, listeners, and we're gonna keep going with this thing, and that's the goal. Yeah. The goal is one day we're going to do some interviews like that. So, Dude, that would be freaking sweet. Also, yeah, look we, forward to we it. said we were going to get one out every week for this month, and we're still sticking to our promise. We're getting out four podcasts. You see, when, if you're listening to this one, this one and the it's last. little gap. Yeah, the werewolf one, they're going to be uploaded pretty close together, and there's a gap behind uh, 
Salem witch trials, but you know, family stuff happens, shit happens, and we're here. We're here to get the podcast hey, out. Yeah, we're getting her done. Getting her done. So, uh, thanks for listening, guys. It's been Jake. This is Red. See you.